Hey there, it's Edwin from Scary Mystery Surprise. And, and Michelle. <laughs> Again? God, how does that happen so I don't often? know, it happens in our <laughs> In this podcast, we talk about creepy things like Fat Lady Barber of the Seattle's Pike Place Market. And then we talk about a classic like My Yorona. Come check out Scary Mystery Surprise by typing it in Scary Mystery Surprise in your podcast app. Yeah, come hang out with us. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hi, everyone. This is Christina. And this is MJ. And this is another episode of Spooky Tales, the podcast for all things spooky involving Latin America and sometimes true crime. Today, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And MJ is finally here with us today. Yeah, it just took forever. I've, I'm sorry, guys. I've been sick since like December and then every... A long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. Like the past two weeks, I finally felt human again. It's been a ride. Yes. And you know what? Your health comes first. So. Mm-hmm. We are recording and I'm going to try and release this tomorrow. We'll see how this goes. So if if it happens, you'll know because <laughs> it'll be out. <laughs> but um, it is March. Yesterday at the time of recording was International Women's Day. It's Women's History Month. And like we did last year, I did want to talk about women only this month. Mm-hmm. But because some of these stories are so, you know, heartbreaking, we're pairing it with a spooky story yeah and hopefully then that way it's not as depressing <laughs> I, I don't think my story is depressing <laughs> good we can't promise it'll always be like this though <laughs> uh yeah because last year for um march we did also very depressing stories we talked about maricela escobedo ortiz we talked about rufina maya juana azurduy mm-hmm. was that her name i don't yeah i don't remember but those are really difficult episodes. Yeah, those were the, doing those episodes is what inspired me to want to do Historias Unknown, the history mm-hmm. podcast that I then begged Carmen to do with me uh, for months until she agreed. Mm-hmm. And we're actually covering women only, historic women over there for this month, if anyone wants to go listen. But today we are, I am talking about a true crime case because a listener reached out and asked if we co- would cover the woman in Juarez. And that is a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there's way too many than there should way be. Too I many, mean, there shouldn't even um, be one. But yes, the amount that there is, is like so disturbing. It is. It's, it's oh, words can't even, I don't know what I'm saying this, this morning. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I picked, I chose a case and that takes place in Juarez and I do want to give you know a trigger warning Mm -hmm. um for femicides missing girls uh murder for my half and I will timestamp when my case is over and MJ takes over with her spooky case Mm -hmm. if anyone wants to skip this um I will be telling the case of Esmeralda Castillo Rincón so no listener story today we'll just you know I will get right into it so uh, every International Women's Day, there's marches all over Mexico demanding justice for the femicides. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest marches happens in Mexico City. 
uh, last year on International Women's Day in that March in Mexico City, there was a clip that went viral. You might have come across it, MJ. Yes. Pretty sure. So in the clip, there's an older man. He's wearing a pink shirt and he's wearing a sign. The sign has a picture of a young girl and there's words that say, or there's a phrase, no me olviden, falto yo. Don't forget me, mm -hmm. I'm missing, I think is the translation. Yeah. I don't think it's a very, I don't know if that's the right words, but essentially is what it, that's yeah, saying. That's... Yeah. Uh, on, and it's in big white letters. And he's surrounded by a group of women and everyone screaming, no esta solo, no esta solo. And they're like jumping with him. There's drums, they mm -hmm. embrace him. And I cried a bunch of times. Every time I see that clip, I cry. It's so hard because oh, you like yes. you listen and um, like my mom watch keeps like uh, every week she she how, how do I say it? like in Spanish news, but specifically like news from Mexico, not like American Spanish news like Univision mm -hmm. or whatever, but like the little networks in Mexico. And she keeps up to date with those. And like it's so often that there's a new woman that disappeared and it's like multiple weekly it's just so sad yeah and during our episode of Maricela Escobedo Ortiz we also discussed women being murdered in the United States mm -hmm. yeah because it's it's there's femicide in the United States especially pregnant women and women who've recently given birth they oftentimes like you especially have, pregnant black women yes you have a higher yeah. rate of dying during pregnancy not from pregnancy complications but by from being killed by your partner or yes mm -hmm. yeah so it's important to know although we are talking about mexico it happens here too mm -hmm. um and it's all unnecessary mm -hmm. so that man in that clip is jose luis castillo he's 62 years old the girl in the sign that he wears is his daughter esmeralda castillo rincon she has been missing for 14 years now. Jose Luis Castillo has been relentlessly searching for her since he was 48. Wow. I know. Again, this is a whole last tragic ass story. Um, so Esmeralda Castillo Rincón was born in 1995 in Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico. She has two older siblings, and she always wanted to be a veterinarian. She was very studious. She loved school, and she loved her family. In May of 2009, Jose Luis had been sick uh, with the flu for a few days. He missed work. Esmeralda herself was not sick, and she did love school, but she stayed home from school to take care of him. At that time, their mother was not living with them. And she, I mean, I guess with a lot of, as with happens in a lot of Mexican households, Latino households, you know, the girls are. The care, the caretakers. It's not, it's like, I guess a little expected. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be the caretakers. And though she, she obviously wanted to take care of her dad. It's also kind of a little expect, expected mm -hmm. of you to do. Right. Um, so she did that. She stayed home um, those four days to take care of her dad but then on May 19th, um, she wanted to stay home again because he was feeling a little better, but he still wasn't going back to work. Mm -hmm. um, and she wanted to stay home again to care for him. But he was like, no, I'm OK now. I'm OK today. Please just, you know, go to school. And she listened to him. So she did. 
she got ready and she walked out of her house, said bye to her dad, you know, closed the door. Normally, when he was not sick, he walked with her. And he would ride the bus to school with her and ride back and then go to work. Because mm-hmm. it was like two buses that she needed to take mm-hmm. to get to school. Oh, wow. And so he would do that with her, that trip with her every day. Uh, but he didn't do it that day because he was still a little sick. So she walked to the bus like she always did. Uh, and she was seen getting off in La Zona Centro. Does, I think this is the uh, like downtown area of Ciudad Juarez. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, though. Uh, but just guessing off the name. And so this is where she changed uh, buses to get onto the second bus to go to school. It, this was her usual first stop. Mm-hmm. This was the last time she was seen at this bus wow. stop. So that afternoon, Jose Luis Castillo got a phone call uh, that she had never arrived at school. One of her sisters, older sisters, lived uh, on the way to school and would normally see her um, as she was getting there. And she realized then that she actually hadn't seen her that morning. So they went to the police to announce that she was to announce her missing mm-hmm. to, you know, file their report. But the police, obviously, they like always, they didn't care. They didn't help. They didn't fi- like they didn't do anything. As per usual. So, yeah, as per usual. Um, so they began looking for her as a family. They would receive like a tip from word of mouth, like, oh, sometimes missing girls are forced to work at bars at the border. So they went looking everywhere. Um, He even would stay like all night outside of these bars, like waiting to see if he would run into her. Sometimes he appeared to be like an unhoused person because he was just sitting there all night, like, you know, with a blanket, like waiting to see if she came out of one of these places, they would receive like, oh, sometimes they're taken to these places. Like, you know, the, um, what are they called? Mica- ma- maquiladora? Mm-hmm. The uh, factories? Yes. Um, he would, when he went there looking, he, he, they looked everywhere. And he, w- he noticed that he wasn't the only one looking for his kids, oh his daughter. God. Um, so he began attending every single protest that he knew was happening um, for people demanding justice or searching for their missing like daughter, wife. It was usually a daughter mm-hmm. or a sister. Right. And these protests that were demanding justice for the women and girls of Juarez. Um, and he became known. He stood out like a sore thumb because there were very few men attending these marches. If there was a search for a missing woman, like any, just someone like saying, I can't find my daughter. People were going to him um, mm. to help because he was also searching for his daughter. So he would help search. And in fact, I'm pretty sure that in the documentary of um, Maricela Escobedo Ortiz, mm-hmm. he might be in one of those like videos. I think he was. I think that's I, where I, that, that's where I like... Um, I've seen the the thing that you're talking about, the one that makes you cry, but I've seen him before and I think it might have been from that one. Yeah, because when that vir- video went viral, I was like, I've seen him before. Mm-hmm. If not in that documentary, it's, certainly it's, in pictures yeah. of protests for sure. Mm-hmm. He's attended every single one, him and his wife, uh, Esmeralda's mother, Marta. They were always there. The whole family went together. 
Jose Luis Castillo and then Marta Alicia Rincón is the mom. They mm -hmm. became well known for helping other families who were living the same nightmare as them. Just like uh, Maricela, Maricela Escobedo Ortiz as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, they attended every every protest. They searched. They helped search other parents um, for, for missing daughters. But then, you know, the days turned into weeks, mm -hmm. the weeks into months, the months into years uh, and nothing still. They kept searching. They followed every tip far more than the police ever did. Um, and that's sadly the case with many of these um, stories. Mm -hmm. uh, there were people with like false information about like, oh, we saw her here. And, you know, they would go searching at that place and she wasn't there. Uh, I don't know why, why people if people were purposely doing this or I don't know what. But that's messed up mm -hmm. um, to give someone, you know, false hope like that. There was a woman that told them she knew where Esmeralda was, but then she never replied to their messages, even though they tried contacting her. Uh, then in 2020, Jose Luis Castillo received strange text messages from a university stating that courses were starting soon and they were calling to see if Esmer Esmeralda was going to attend. Uh, which was very strange because she had been missing at that point for 11 years. And he told them, like, why are you even messaging me? She's been missing for this long. Like, this is, has to be a mistake. And the school insisted that she had been there in person and enrolled herself. What? Yeah. So the family believes that this was a cruel prank. I, I... That could be it. I also believe maybe someone just stole her, tried to stole, steal her identity. Mm -hmm. Someone maybe, maybe even someone who was involved. I don't know, you know. It is weird because like, I mean, to sign up to, to a university though, you need an ID and like mm -hmm. a government like certified papers. I don't know if you need your, I don't remember needing my birth certificate, but I don't know how it works in Mexico. So yeah. But for sure, an ID and like yeah, your you high need like le legit stuff. paperwork, and you also need to, yeah. I think to show that you 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 went to other schools. So they would also have to have had like like report cards of their previous grades from right. So it's it is it's weird. I mean that 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 is strange. That is strange. Very very weird. Like I still don't understand what what that was about mm -hmm. it's very weird but the family kept searching and then after returning from a march in that took place in mexico city in 2012 jose luis castillo and his son were arrested wow there was a salon that accused them of robbery but this was a false accusation a man had come forward to the police and said that he was the one who had robbed the salon and the police still detained wow. Jose Luis Castillo and his son for eight months. Wow. Yes. Um, they believe they were targeted for being outspoken Th about the then, mishandling. Yeah. Then this means like, like this, uh, this is almost like retaliation for mm -hmm. not just for speaking out on how crappy a job, but maybe like the police were involved because I wouldn't put that past them. For sure. I do not put it past them at all. Why? 
why are most of these cases not solved? Why and, 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 are they not investigated? Exactly. On, you know? I think they know more than they let on. And it's also weird because like a lot of people are outspoken. And I mean, the entire pretty much the entire like Mexican society is outspoken about how what a crappy job like every single fucking person is outspoken on what a crappy job Mexican police do. So I don't I mean, like I could see mm, them but going these after people. Him, yeah that have missing kids and then become activists That's are targeted true. for sure. I mean, look at Maricela Escobedo Ortiz and what happened to That's her. That's true. But, uh, you but know? like there was, wasn't there like some like evidence that like the police force wasn't on it? I think they were like working with the cartels. Yeah. And so, so see, that's what that's what you know? it kind of like the the way that they treated him and his son is kind of like it's not just because they're outspoken and activists, because literally if they have, you know, they could speak all they want. But if they're like there's nothing, you know, putting a magnifying glass on them, like with evidence, I don't think they care. But the fact that they did something like this goes to show that almost like it's it's like a fear tactic to stop them yes. from looking into it because they know more than they let on. Something, something because for it's sure just, is... It's yeah. like an overreaction to me. Yeah, but um, there is this podcast that I listened to. It's very well done. It's called The Missing... The Women of Juarez or The Missing... I talked about it. I mentioned yes. the podcast last year too when we talked about Maricela Escobar Ortiz, but... These lawyers, people were like falsely arrested for a lot of the murders that were taking place that were missing women from that used to work at the mm -hmm. maquiladoras. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a lawyer team, a son and a dad who were working this case to try and prove that those men that had been arrested were innocent mm -hmm. because they were. They were falsely ac accused. Um, they were coerced into their confessions. Mm -hmm. And that... Uh, the lawyer, I don't remember if it was the father or the son lawyer. They were both lawyers working together for mm -hmm. these um, women and men to prove their innocence, right? One of them was on their way home and, like, called the other. And he, they were like, I'm being followed. Like, I'm scared right now. Please help me. And he was killed after <gasps> that. Um, it's a really good podcast. It's so hard to listen to because they're, it's they're like it's like an eight-episode deep dive into the woman of Juarez. Mm -hmm. And that episode, that podcast talks about like the con there's something very strange going on. E either police is involved, government is involved, because this is just too many women, too many. Yeah, it's it's like state violence, state, state yeah, sanctioned because violence. Because I yeah. was I remember I was hearing that there was like this mayor from this city who um, was working with the cartels and every time the the Mexican military comes through his town, he hides all the evidence because um, there's a lot of, especially right now in like Zacatecas, there's a lot like the, the cartels are out of hand right now. And um, the, the Mexican military is going in and trying to stop them. But like a lot of these people are locals and they, they know what, where to hide and they have like high government officials in the, helping, the state not helping. to mention a lot of times even the military themselves yes, they're not yes. um yeah, so they're like both, I, they're in on it yeah, yeah so like the police in in many of the cities not all but many um are in on on like this whole like cartel thing as well as uh the mayor and there's also been evidence in other cases where um the governor is in on it yeah so like mm -hmm. it, it's 
These, so these people that are protesting, acting now and become not acting out, sorry, being activists, protesting these missing and uh, cases and looking for their kids are actively targeted working yeah. against yeah, against the, the whole yeah the whole government the system the system yeah. yeah because it's from top to bottom it's from um yeah. uh, from the lowest police officer to the highest official in the state like yeah it's so i i do think that jose luis and his son were purposely targeted like like they said yeah by the state for everything that they're doing mm-hmm. um um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's terrible. Um, where was I? Yes, back to this. So yeah, they were detained for eight months, and then they were finally released. Um, and then in 2013, a mass grave of women was Aww. found in the desert of Juarez. But it took officials two years to inform the family that among that mass grave, one only one bone was found to have belonged to Esmeralda. It was a single tibia. Wow. Nothing else of her body was there. Um, and they also were never... So the police told the family this tibia was hers, mm-hmm. but they were never shown any paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the family wanted the bone um, or paperwork saying this is her, mm-hmm. and the officials didn't do that. They wouldn't do that. That's sketchy. Why? Mm-hmm. Until the family agreed to sign paperwork stating that the investigation would come to an end because she was found dead because this tibia meant she was dead, Mm -hmm. according to the police, like officials, right? The family was like, no, we want actual evidence. We want the papers that show this is her and we want a cause of death. And the, the officials like refused to hand over this evidence. Um, So they refuse to believe they said it's not that they refuse to believe it is her they want the proof right mm-hmm. um and it's like and uh, they have uh, both jose luis castillo and marta alicia rincon have both been quoted saying like yeah they showed us the bone but if she if this is just one bone she could be alive and missing a leg mm-hmm. this doesn't mean she's dead but they have come to terms that she might not be alive Mm -hmm. but they want to find the rest of her yeah they want to find her yes alive or dead obviously alive is better but they just want to know where is she the rest of her if this is just her tibia um if she is indeed not alive anymore they want her body to lay her down to rest like respectfully with you know a service and everything like she mm-hmm. deserves. Um, so even if this tibia is her, yeah, where's the rest of her? What happened to her? Obviously, they're, they don't want to end this investigation. There's no answers. <sighs> at all. And it's so weird. Like, why wouldn't you just release the bone if it's th- like hers? Yeah, if you know it's hers, you've already tested it. You can't get anything else out of it. And it would be... Why wouldn't you show, this is the the test we did. Here is... It's her, right? It it would be at the benefit of the police for this investigation to end, right? That's what they Mm -hmm. want because they're tired of being bothered. Um, So handing over this bone would be the end of that family bothering them i guess or how they view it Mm -hmm. 
it's just weird. It's almost like it's not hers and they just want. They're just saying. Yeah. So like, hey, yeah. stop. Like, again, it goes back to that. They know more than they let on. Yeah, it's it's very it's a, unsettling, it's sketchy. sketchy. Yeah. Um, the family, they continue to fight for justice. Um, every year they have like an event in her memory. Um, like last year they did a 5K mm-hmm. in her honor. Um, nieces and nephews, Esmeralda never even got to meet, mm-hmm. help their abuelitos and their parents put up flyers everywhere with her picture. They march holding hands. And this is for, for a tia they never met. Just makes me so sad. I mean, like, even <sighs> if you don't meet someone, especially someone that's loved by the rest of your family, that stuff impacts you because her... It affects everyone. It affects everyone. It affects their parents. It affects their grandparents. It affects the whole family. And even if they don't know this person, their lack of, of being there is felt. Like, you don't yes, know this yes. person, but you feel the loss. Yes, the, there's an interview and the kids are like, oh, we love our, our tia and we want to find her. But and it's just I oh, watched so that. I cried um, because it's like, it's yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's like you were saying everything from from the day she went missing, their parents, the siblings, their, their life is never the same. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And these actions, these things affect then later generations like these kids feel the loss too even though they never met her right mm-hmm. it's and they they're trying to help find her too Ugh. um in in 2020 um that when that clip went viral so the family went to a women's protest right and um so i found a, a video of uh, jose luis um talking about it so he says that he was not participating because it was a march only for women instead he stood on the corner supporting them um and when they passed by he would yell no me olviden falta yo oh i feel like crying already <laughs> girl i'm about to <laughs> i know and um and he had pink glitter with him oh. and he would join the chanting women or he would join the chanting as they passed but he didn't walk with them and he would like throw the pink glitter oh i have like chills like this is just oh so i could like um like I, he's living my worst nightmare yes it truly is and who wouldn't try to move mountains to find their child oh, i'd right? burn this entire world to the ground best yes. believe like um i'll single-handedly yeah. start world war three don't try me. it just makes me think of all the parents that have lost a child like this and like i think about vanessa guillen's mom and mm-hmm. oh i've got to cry <laughs> but just seeing her pictures when all this was happening have seen her stand in front of Fort mm-hmm. hood in a sign in spanish uh, it just makes me it just makes me so emotional and it makes me angry like so yes pissed yes. off that th- it's, like it's needless violence perpetrate perpetrated by men yes towards women and girls right um ugh. and then like what what pisses me off too is like especially in like machismo culture like mm-hmm. a lot of them are raised by by pretty much only their mom. Uh-huh. And and you know they're really protective over their mom and their sisters, but then they go and hurt women who live like their their mother or like their sisters. 
And it's like this thing where it's like, it's like a cycle of violence and they only care when it happens to someone they care about. And it makes no sense because it's Mm -hmm. like, you wouldn't want that to happen to your sister, to your mother, to your daughter. Why are you doing it to other people? Yeah. And it's like, they should, you sh- they shouldn't have to equate it to, oh, what if that was my sister? Like, I know, people, but like, right. The thing is but like, yeah, if not they're even so that messed matters. up yeah. in the head, like, can you at least find a connection to like, you know, yeah, seriously, compa- yeah. you know, whatever it, it helps you digest compassion. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Um. Anyway, back to <laughs> back to this. So, um, in that march, uh, a group of women passed him, and they told him, "You shouldn't be on the side. You should be marching with us. You should be leading this." And he, he, they embraced him. He joined them, and um, there's clips of everyone like yelling "Por Esmeralda," and it, that also makes me cry. I'm just sorry. I'm just a crybaby. Everyone like. But um, they would say, la queremos viva. And then there's clips of them counting down to how old she would be, which at oh the time God. of this, she would have been 27. Um, ugh, yeah. And the, the family still has a yearly 5 case or um, protests on the day she went missing and on her birthday. Uh, and they, they go to every march they can for other families. Uh, there's a street. The street where she was last seen is full of pictures of Esmeralda that they have put up themselves. Esmeralda's mother, she says that she walks around that street, um, even though it takes her way longer. Because it hurts to see all the pictures and, you know, um, her like has, every time she walks by there, she has to say she's not. Where is she? Right. Um, and so she does go to the street. Only on Esmeralda's birthday and on the day she went missing. But other than that, she avoids the street, which takes her super long, but she can't pass by it. Understandable. Um, Mothers, fathers, parents in Juarez and all over Mexico continue to seek justice for their missing and murdered children. Many times they end up murdered themselves. That's not the case here. Um, You know, they're both very much alive and still seeking justice uh, for their daughter. But like we talked about uh, Maricela Escobedo Ortiz and there's, and she's not the only one just last year. um, There was two women in not Juarez, but in fuck, where was it? Um, Man, I don't remember where this took place, but there was two women who were also looking for their children. Um, and I want to say it was daughters. One one mother might have been looking for her son, but they were found dead as well. It's not that long ago that it happened. I just can't remember where in Mexico that happened or their names, which I mean, I'm sure you can find it. <laughs> and there's so many, but, yeah. too, in that so similar many. situation. Too too, yeah, too, too many, many that you're like, which one? Oh, look, another one in the same situation, living the same experience. Mm-hmm. This is why the slogan is Nuna Mas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what's um, crazy too? Mm-hmm. Mexico's femicide is not the worst. No, which um, is insane because it's so bad. I think in Latin America, El Salvador. No, I no. There was another country. No. It was, mm. I it was, Colombia or something else. Oh. It just came out like a few weeks. Oh, ago. Oh, you know what? I was thinking of the stats when we did 
this last year. It was no, yeah. There's new stats like yeah. the dangerous, the no. most dangerous country for women in Latin America was like it was Colombia or something else. I want to say it was Colombia. I could be wrong, mm. but it was just this new report that came out in the beginning of like January or something. But it oh, wasn't. It year? wasn't El Salvador. Mm. Either way, one is too many. Um, but to go into a little bit about the women in Juarez, in between 1993 and 2005, it is estimated that over 400 women were killed or missing in Juarez. The Crimes Against Women Unit investigated 172 women's murders in 2019, 192 murdered women cases in 2020, and, um, 2021, 127 and um i mean in the month of august actually i don't know if that was 2022 i messed up my notes um 19 women just in the month of august <gasps> in quite alone right by uh the total homicide count in juarez reached 1497 in 2019 um then a hundred uh, sorry a thousand six hundred forty six in twenty twenty right now it's hovering around one thousand wow, just in january twenty twenty three three women were found dismembered uh and then just before I was writing these notes a couple weeks ago, another two women were found uh dead, and this of course is not an issue in just Juarez, but all over Mexico, Latin America, the United States. It it's is like worldwide. worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. There are many activist groups in Juarez, across Mexico, and here in the United States fighting against femicides. And uh, it is important to get these stories out there um, and talk about it. And I want to end my portion by just saying uh, fight your primos and your tios that are over here on social media making fun of the women protesting. During these marches, um, I sadly have cousins that were making memes all about, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember MJ, but like 2020, mm -hmm. some women dressed in purple uh, with bandanas over their faces, mm -hmm. masks, took over a building in, I want to say it was Mexico City, yes, might yes. have been Juarez. Was it Mexico City? I, I want to say it was Mexico City because it was like that big... Wasn't it like during yes. the time with the big march? Yes, yes. They took over this building. They occupied it. And it was amazing to see them. Um, it was also hard to see, but inspiring at the same time. Sometimes you need to fucking burn shit down, right? Yeah, Sometimes you really do. I mean, you, need to, you know yeah. what? They also say yeah. the same thing. Like, women shouldn't be hating. I'm like, sir, if you kill my kid, if you kill anybody I love, especially my child. I mean, I mean, how many times have we heard las, las niñas calladitas se ven más bonitas? Exactly. And it's like, no, um, see, I'm yeah. not, I'm not like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to act like a man because only when you act like a, a like a socially acceptable man is when they listen and and i mean these women they had a, a message they needed to be heard yeah. they needed to do this and I, I did have cousins that were like making memes making fun of it and i was like 
what's wrong with you? Like, oh my god, yeah, I had family. I'm like, uh, uh, like I had family. I'm like, why do they behave like that? I'm like, because they behaved that in what way was socially acceptable, and they weren't list like listened at, at all. They were point, ignored. Yeah, at some point, they're gonna make themselves heard. Like, we are gonna make ourselves heard because, um, I mean, how many times? I don't know. It's like tiring to go unnoticed to go. You know, it's. You have to make they them try. listen. You have they, to. Yes. Yes. Because your I'm life talking. is on the line. Your daughter's <laughs> yes. life, your your sisters, your mothers, you know, you, the woman in your life, their life is on the line. So it's mm-hmm. either you're going to do what it takes and go whatever mile it is to protect them, or you're going to stick quiet mm-hmm. and let this shit happen to you. And many people are not going to sit down and sit quiet while this shit go- while this shit goes around them. They're going to take a stand, they're going to um do what it takes. And and anybody who has kids who like would know that there's nothing I wouldn't do for my child and burning the world. Mhm. Mhm. I'm not crossing out ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And um, with that, I end my very tough portion of this episode. That was Esmeralda Castillo Rincón and her parents' uh, fights for justice. So sad. I'm just sad now. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was hard. Yes. Yes. Welcome to our little haunted break. We want to give a special shout out to the Spookies who support us on Patreon and especially our newest members, Maddie, Desiree, Diana, Ruben, Sonia, and Liliana. And a shout out to the rest of our patrons, Muna, Isaac, Nacho Mama, Nelly, Alex and Azriel, Malia, Gina, Mimi, Diana, Ashes, Anne, Janie, Michelle, Monica, Modesto, Cynthia, who actually just rejoined. Thank you, Cynthia, so much. Perla, Jesenia, Dalia, Rene, Iris, Ghost Train, and Madtown Charity. Your support means the world to us. Thank you so much. If you want to join the Patreon, go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash tales. You'll gain access to bonus episodes. We try to do two a month, but always at least one. You get to vote on the movie night uh, polls where you choose the movie night that we're going to be watching. And monthly goodies like stickers. And if you join the highest tier, no mames, super serious and spooky, then you get an exclusive keychain. But don't worry, if you cannot support us monetarily, then you are not missing out on anything. The best support that you can give us is just listening to our episodes here. So thank you for doing that. Hey there, it's Edwin from Scary Mystery Surprise. And, and Michelle. Is- <laughs> Again? God, how does that happen so I don't often? know. It happens in our <laughs> In this podcast, we talk about creepy things like Fat Lady Barber of the Seattle's Pike Place Market. And then we talk about a classic like My Yorona. Come check out Scary Mystery Surprise by typing it in Scary Mystery Surprise in your podcast app. Yeah, come hang out with us. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... My next story isn't... We we need a little bit of a mood change, so... <laughs> well, well, we'll see. It is a mood change, oh, well, but, no. but like, okay. I mean, it's not like nothing terrible. <laughs> I don't think nothing terrible happens to that extent, okay. but it's okay. not like... 
does it have a feel good? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> it's just like, you know what? Let's, uh, uh, the what's it called? Fuck around and find out is high on this. <laughs> okay. 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 So <laughs> Las Brujas de Camino Real, the witches of Camino Real. And this story was sent into a YouTube channel called Culto a la Noche. It's in Spanish, so our Spanish-speaking friends can check that out. Um, and the story was sent in by Jaime Morelos, who lives in Juarez, in Chihuahua, Mexico. And he goes on to say, This happened to me two years ago. Four or five years currently, as me and Christina are recording. So, like, four years ago. Um, when I was 25 years old, the majority of my life, I have worked night shifts. Since I was 18, I was working in factories on the second shift. So he had a second shift. What is it called? Schedule. Um, mm. There was a moment when I became frustrated with the ambience of the factory and decided to look for another job. I went months without a job and reconsidered working back in the same factory. During this time, the majority of the jobs available were all working in factories. And I thought I would have to go back mm -hmm. to that. Fortunately, a friend of my brother's worked at a burger restaurant. The company needed a driver to take those who, who closed home, and this company didn't want to, want to pay individual Uber for each worker. They figured it was easier and cheaper to have them all carpool. The next day, I applied for a job, for the job, and was getting interviewed and was told I was to start working that same night. They would That's a red flag if... <laughs> you're at a job interview and they're like can you start right now can you start we right? have your uniform right here it's right here like ignore the name tag from the previous yeah. we don't know what happened. we just <laughs> took it off of that person and here it is, here it is yeah <laughs> for the meantime until we get your name tag you'll be known as mm -hmm. bob <laughs> welcome bob welcome <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is a red flag, though. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, okay, that day I took a nap in the afternoon, so I would arrive at 1 a.m. to drive the workers home. The first day, were, the first days were slow as I was learning the routes to take and get the workers home. It was easy as most of the workers lived in the same zone, and I think that means neighborhood because it says yeah. zona. Mm -hmm. The problem began in August when the majority of the workers who were students went back to school. The restaurant had a hard time filling jobs and began hiring anyone, even if they lived in a different zone. One day I got to work and noticed that there were new hires. I did as before and asked them directions to their home. To my bad luck, one of the guys lived in Puerta de Palos and a girl lived in Colonia Fronteriza. This meant that I would have to travel from one side of the city to the next. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, like, ugh. no. Mm -hmm. And at night, mm. Mm. two of the guys who lived in Puerta de Palos would be closing daily. I lived in the area de Las Torres, which was in the middle. This meant I would drop off those who lived nearby first, then drop off the girl who lived in Colonia Fronteriza, then take Camino Real to drop off the guys who lived in Puerta de Palos and then finally go home. That's that's. That's a lot of driving. That is too much. I would quit. <laughs> but I mean, he needs the job. He needs, he needs the, the job. job. So 
Understandable. Uh, yeah. Camino Real was built between 2008 and 2009. It's a highway that crosses the hills around the edge of the city. It was built for the purpose of having better access across the city. But those of us who know the highway avoid it because of the large amounts of accidents and carjackings. The first day I dropped off everyone as planned, I had trouble finding the exit to the girls' neighborhood. But with the help of another worker and my navigation system, I was able to locate it. Not sure if it was the hour, but the road was completely empty. Me and the last worker were nervous and a bit scared. If you would have seen the way it... Um, parentheses, I put him, uh, not parentheses, and yeah, in parentheses, uh, Camino Real, because he's referring to the highway, um, looked, you would feel the same. It was like the city ended there and we took an aimless path. We had no other option. Camino Real was the fastest way. And if we drove through the city, it would take a long time and it was already late. So we just kept going. There were no cars on the highway our entire drive. The road was gloomy and none of the highway lights were on. Our only source of light came from the van, making everything mm. gloomier. I'd be like, nope. Yeah. We're sleeping okay. over at your house, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We didn't talk until we came across exits to the viewpoints of the city. And if Camino Real looked gloomy, the viewpoints exits looked even worse. Just by looking at them, you got chills. There are three viewpoints along Camino Real and they all abandoned they are all abandoned and vandalized. As we got closer to the exit, lights from the houses began appearing, and while the drive was only fifteen to twenty minutes, it seemed like an eternity. It felt as if it was never ending, like there was something at every turn. I dropped off Isaac and then went home. It was a stressful drive, but I had to get used to the idea that this would be a daily thing. Ooh. Oh my god! <laughs> too much. That's too much. I'm I'm, I'm glad I can't drive. <laughs> right, I can, and I would not. Um, no. So we're so like, uh, we don't go out after ten. No, we don't. We stay in our casitas, okay? <laughs> close all the in blinds. Our little houses. <laughs> yeah, close all the blinds. <laughs> Make sure everything's locked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's good advice because this poor guy, <laughs> that's how it was every day. Oh my God. <laughs> Though as time went on, it started to become more normal. And me and some of the workers even became friends and would eat after work before dropping them off. Due to me getting used to the driving, something happened that I wish I could, I could forget. One night, the locals of the area wanted to go out, wanted to go out after work. So we decided to drop off those who lived far th- furthest first. The girl who lived in La Fronteriza, after dropping her off, we started driving on the highway. And that's when the jokes began. Siempre los mexicanos con los chistes que no son chistes. Uh, yep. Imagínate Always, que los yeah. asaltan. Imagine oh, if we get robbed. Imagínate que nos as, as, aparezca algo en, la, en el camino. Imagine if something appeared on the road. Honestly, though, okay, if you're, like, driving with someone and you're like, oh, my God, what if we just, like, got hit right now? Have you not ever said that to someone? No. Because <laughs> I don't, oh, okay. don't want to jinx is it. That, maybe I'm just, like, dumb. <laughs> that no, but, like, that, that has, like, no, but it's, like, such a part of our culture. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be driving with your, with your uh, primos, primes, and you're, yeah. like, your primis, and you're, like, nah, fool, what if we, like, what if someone comes in, opens the door right now? And we're, like, like, shut you know? up. <laughs> Why would you say that? Yeah. yeah. And then another one. Que se nos quede pre- parada la camioneta en el medio de la nada. 
I would have been so mm, mad at this person. Yeah. <laughs> like if you a- get stuck in the middle of the word. Is this the same like person just saying all these random things that can go wrong? I don't know. They just said like they all started joking between them because it's like um <laughs> but like that's always like that. Like and then it's like that's not funny, you guys. It's like yeah. two o'clock in the morning and one of like like uh the roads where uh uh, people like hi- like rob and hijack other people's cars. It's like, why would you play around in Jinxon? <laughs> it was entertaining <laughs> oh going together in a group. We didn't get scared. But a few minutes into going, getting on El Camino Real, one of the guys had the grand idea to go to one of the viewpoints. We discussed if we should go or not, but in the end, we all agreed. We decided to lock the doors on the van in case someone up to no good was around or someone who wanted to rob us. We had already passed the first viewpoint, and so we would go to the second viewpoint. However, when we got to the second viewpoint, it was blocked. We didn't know why it was blocked, for a good reason, but anyways... Mm. (laughs) however all of us in a group feeling valiant we decided to go there was there was only a roadblock that said road closed some of the guys got out and moved it to the side now there is a wall of now currently there is a wall of concrete blocking the entrance so this was after (laughs) he's just updating Mm -hmm. how it looks now (laughs) (laughs) they got back into the car and we continued to drive there was a sharp turn and drove up to the viewpoint. The road was dark and we didn't know what we would find at the top. When we got there, no one was around. There was only columns and a design on the floor of a compass. At first, we only looked from the van, but later when we made sure no one was there, we got out. The view was spectacular. In front of us, we could see the entire city of Juarez. But if we looked back, it was just hills and darkness however the fear of some someone watching us from the hills waiting in the darkness crossed my mind see i'd be freaking myself out like that too (laughs) me too yeah for sure i i told the workers it was almost 2 a.m and i had to take them home after some whining the guys got in i dropped them off and then it was just me and isaac i got a call on his phone from an he got a call on his phone from an unknown number it was one of the girls who went with us to the viewpoint she was calling to see if she had left her phone in the van as she couldn't find it she had it on her when we went to the viewpoint as she was taking pictures we thought she had dropped it at the viewpoint i liked her and if she asked we would go back to find it she (laughs) asked us if we could go look for the phone however i didn't want to go by myself and i begged isaac (laughs) to go with me he was reluctant reluctant Mm. (laughs) (laughs) like fuck around find out Yep. <laughs> As he didn't want to go back. We turned back around and it was exactly like the first time. That feeling. There were no other cars around. In fact, there was fog on the road. On the way back to the viewpoint, I I hope nothing bad would happen to us. I told myself to stop thinking about that. That all we would do is look for the phone. When we got to the entrance of the viewpoint, I drove up without fear And we decided to park the van halfway up the road as the sharp turn was hard to navigate before. Isaac and I walked the rest of the way up. We had our phones lighting the path. But as we reached the viewpoint, I turned off my phone and Isaac slammed into me. We've both ducked. In the center of the column, standing on top of the compass design, were three women. We only knew they were women due to their figures and long hair. They had a long... They had on either long capes or long dresses we couldn't tell but their eyes were closed and they were faced towards the sky they scared us what were they doing in the middle of nowhere 
I was so scared I started shaking. Isaac was scared too. And we no longer cared for the cell phone. <laughs> like cell phone, what, where? Nobody cares yeah. now. No cell phone. It's gone. It's gone. I just wanted to run out of there, but I didn't want those women to see us. I don't know why I was so scared. There were just three of them in the middle of nowhere. We backed away slowly when things became, became more terrifying. The three women began to hum without moving their lips. They started to move their heads slowly from side to side. Soon after, their hair began to float as if they were underwater. It was Oh, that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> It was like a scene out of a movie. I was in shock. And that's when Isaac was pulling me by the shirt. And that's when we began to run. But the woman saw us. We made it for the van and Isaac was yelling at me to go. However, my nerves wouldn't let me. Finally, I regained. He dropped the keys. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> I would do that. I would. I. I. But don't put that past me that I'd be like fumbling and then whoops. Oh, that, shit. that's why I'm we dead. need to have like the like um, uh, my cars push to start. So you don't even oh, need the keys. Yep. It's just like, just get yes. in the car, just push the button. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I regained control and drove as fast as I could out of there. Isaac then began to scream. I couldn't see what he was looking at. He just said that the three women were running at, at the top of the hill. I didn't doubt what Isaac was telling me, even though I couldn't see. He was nearly in tears and had to lay, lay back with rapid breathing. Poor Isaac. He's having a panic Isaac attack. Isaac was in it. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds... I've been there, Isaac. You need to ground yourself, okay? Grounding helps. And close your eyes. Don't look at the, the woman running as fast as the car on top of the hills, okay? Yes, actually, let me rephrase. Once you're gone away from these women, then try the grounding <laughs> technique. So something you smell... What is it? Something you can smell, something you touch. You, like, name these things. Something and it, you like, hear. brings you back. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Isaac sat up and said they had stopped at the top of one of the hills. We still had mm -hmm. a long ways to go to get to the area with lights. We thought something else was going to happen, but fortunately there was a truck coming on the opposite side of the road. It was already 4.30 a.m. and there was already traffic on the road. I took Isaac to his house and waited there until morning to go back home. Like, see? Same. <laughs> <laughs> be like we're not leaving me yes. alone <laughs> yes <laughs> i told my mom and sister what i saw they told me they understood if i wanted to quit so that day i did isaac quit soon after but not before telling everyone what happened i found another driver so the workers wouldn't be without transportation i told them not to tell the new guy what happened <laughs> oh my god no that's messed up i would have told them and to not take el camino real and tell the driver it was because they robbed us that was the last time i worked at the rest the restaurant the last time i ever entered el camino real damn okay I, I would just like to say like they they fucked around and found out because it said do not enter and they entered like, yes that's true that is true <laughs> so it's kind of on them honestly it's, yeah, yeah like i see but that's the thing like when you're with your friends you're like we got the, we're in a group i'm not scared of nothing like look mm -mm. what happened and like that's freaky that they were like running on top of the hill like nothing chasing the car like how oh my god mm -mm. i would have mm. needed a new change of clothes would have been like yes. listen we're gonna have me to <laughs> that means i shat i wish shit my pants for our spanish speaking spanish challenge friends i'd be like sir you're gonna have to detail your car <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, <laughs> I that's just terrifying i mean at first it was like like you said cool sounding and then they're like oh they <laughs> you're looking at us 
Mm-hmm. So after you, I would have died then and there. My body, like, would have just, my soul would have left. Be like, bitch, you're on your own now. I'm telling you, I would not survive in these situations. Like, you know, fight or flight, I would just die. Yeah, it's just like, can I just die what instead? Is fight or fl- yeah, no, no, no just, just plop. I, I, there, there she, there she's done. She's done. She's, it's over. I think that's the best option because I don't, I don't really have it in me to like actually fight. Like, eh, I don't care enough for this shit. Just let me yeah, go. Yeah, same. It's like, what, what is it like if there was a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. I would not be trying to survive i'm like why are you guys fighting so hard uh i don't know man is it worth it is I it ask. like there's there's like like nothing left there's no people why there's why? no more in and out okay there's no there's more nothing to live trucks. for <laughs> why am i naming a bunch of food like honestly it would be the food oh that literally i'd be like I'm, you know honestly, what that would push me over the edge <laughs> yes i'd be like there's nothing left to live for yeah, your kids are right there. I'm like, shh. Listen, mommy sorry, can't guys. have a spicy sandwich anymore. <laughs> a spicy chicken sandwich. Oh my god, I, I had one yesterday. Oh, I'm jealous. Uh, no, two days ago because I was so. Carmen and my mom were visiting, and uh, then they left. And then I always get so sad when they leave. But I'm like, I always tell myself, okay, I'm gonna be normal today. They're leaving. It's normal. They're gonna come back. And the next thing I know, I'm just like laying on the couch, just so sad and. <laughs> Eating. So I, I did order. I had Kyle, my husband, order me some uh, of the racist, homophobic chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A. I'm sorry. I should not support them, but they're just good. I like their fries. They're so, really good. I have only had them yeah. once. I usually opt out for Popeye's because it's the one that's in town. Um, mm, yeah, they're really good. Um, <laughs> but can you imagine like not having access to like like currently I can't drink coffee because I have a sensitive bladder and me muero. Oh like my God. I've been dying and I'm like, man, I have I have six months. I have to let my bladder heal for like six months. <gasps> six months. Yes. <sighs> At the minimum. That's if I if I don't get sick again. And oh um and I'm like, oh my God. I was thinking because I was watching what was it what was it? Um The Last of Us and I was like Oh yeah yeah. I couldn't do the no coffee thing for years. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. See, this is why I'm saying, wow. like, I would just give up. I, I would be like, yeah, no, there's I would, I probably would too. Stop yeah. fighting. <laughs> I'd Don't be like, make anymore. me a zombie. <laughs> I will join me. you guys, okay? Like, it's like, you know, I wouldn't care for coffee at that point. But also, like, can you imagine going without, like, Mexican food or Latin American food? No, no. no. Me muero. Yeah. No. no, there's nothing, like, there's no, no. No. No, no, no tacos, no burritos. Not worth it. Nope. No salsa. Yep. No, I'd cry. I'd, I'd, I'd rather no. be dead. I'd rather be dead. It's like strong words, but I think I relate. No, <laughs> no what's you, wrong with us? You, no. Oh my god. And and plus, I don't want to see that shit. Like, I don't want to see like the entire humanity like destroyed. I do not want to see no my therapist? neighbor Becky jumping down on her husband. Well, though I would say good name. for her. <laughs> oh my god let's end this before we go on about this forever um, yeah. do you have spooky recommendations this week i do not actually do you <sighs> i don't think i do either because i was watching okay i watched this movie called Wesera mm-hmm. with carmen and my mom um my mom was like this is so boring the whole time 
it it does. It is so slow. If you like a slow burn, it also the message that it has is so obvious that as a woman and a mother, I'm like, I don't need to watch a movie about this because I know what this mm-hmm. is like. <laughs> um, it's basically I don't want to spoil the movie, but just look it up if it sounds like your jam watch it it is not for everyone it was not a movie for my twin or or my mom or one i would watch with mm-hmm. them honestly not one i would rewatch. i know people who love it who are like this is a really good movie but it's it's like it's slow it's very slow to start and the horror is very subtle it's more like real you know mm-hmm. so that is what I watched, but I don't know that I would recommend it yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't been like watching TV. The last thing I watched was the first thing I watched in a long time was yesterday, and that was The Mandalorian. And that was like the only exception. Nice. I don't watch, I don't really watch anything. I've been kind of mm-hmm. unplugging since I've been sick. I'm like, whatever. oh, yeah. I've just been rewatching The Office when I don't know what else to do, which is actually a lot. I'm like, sometimes. I just can't decide what to watch. And I'm just, you know, yeah, which on one show I wanted to, out. yeah, one, one show I wanted to rewatch was um, Penny Dreadfuls. It's such a good show. Oh, I've never seen that. <gasps> so good. It's horror based. Really? It's so okay. good. Okay. Okay. Adding it to my list. <laughs> um, uh, what, is, what is that? Uh, there was another show about vampires on Netflix. Hemlock Grove. Yes. 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 I have not seen that either. That is that so good? good? Is it? Okay, I'm gonna also like. So I would say the first two seasons. After that, Mm. but it's good. Okay, okay, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, yes, and I guess this we have reached the end of our episode. Um, if something says do not enter, do not enter. Okay, (laughs) like yeah, like don't. You know, it makes me sad (laughs) when. POC who have who who know not to fuck around with shit, fuck around with shit. Like, come on, your ancestors have warned you. And there you go, still being up in the hole. You should know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, oh yeah, no, seriously, that's actually a good point. That's a perfect point to end this on. (laughs) Uh stay a spooky. We will catch everyone next time. If you want more of us reading horror stories to each other and reacting we do that over on patreon quite a bit um so actually like once a month so yeah (laughs) sometimes more anyway we're about to do it so that's why i was like i should mention it also don't forget our book club episode is the hacienda Mm -hmm. by isabel cañas and yes okay now that is it stay spooky we will catch everyone next time bye bye thank you so much to the spooky supporting us on patreon Your support means the world to us. And if you want to join the Patreon and get bonus episodes, monthly goodies in the mail, and more, go over to patreon.com slash spooky tales. Spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, produced and edited by Christina, and is a proud member of the Cultivate Network. For more podcasts on the network, check out cultivatepodcastnetwork.com. Don't forget to check out our Spooky merch. We have Spooky shirts. We have No Mamas shirts. And we have a cool hat that I just added. It's like a baseball hat, not like a hat hat. Um, We also have a beanie in there. And they just say Spooky on there. But I'm a big fan of the hat. It says Spooky in Old English letters. And I love it. I wear it every day. Not because I want to go around repping the podcast. But it's comfy. It's a great hat. You can go to SpookyTales.com slash store. I'm always adding new designs. But don't even worry if you cannot support us monetarily because the most important support is what you're already doing, giving us a listen. 
if you listen and you love what we do, feel free to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share this with your spooky friends. Spooky season is upon us, so this is our time of year. Stay as spooky.